And really, honestly, we're just normal people. There's nothing special about us. Uh, we're sinners saved by grace. And uh, anything, that, anything good that comes out of our ministry is all God's working. It's, it's not because of us. And uh, honestly, like, just about every day I ask myself, you know, why are we doing this? Why, why do we live here in Ecuador? Why did we move our family here to raise our kids in the Amazon jungle? And uh, why do we continue living here, like, even when there are many depressing days when it seems that the Lord is hiding his face and, and we can't see, like, how God is working in, in the lives of those around us or even in our own hearts? Um, why don't we just, like, pack up and move back to the U.S.? Uh, so why, why struggle to communicate in a different language and live in a culture that's so different from what we're used to? Uh, what's, what's my motivation to do all this? Or, or maybe in your own life you might be wondering something similar, like uh, perhaps you've been a Christian for many years, but maybe it seems you've declined in your zeal for the Lord. Maybe you come here to church every Sunday and go to work Monday through Friday, and it seems like you're stuck in the same old routine. Uh, maybe it's hard to see how, how God is working in your life and in the lives of those around you. Uh, maybe you wonder, you know, what's the point of it all? Is God really using me? Shouldn't my life be used for something more? Or maybe these kinds of questions seem taboo, and so we just pretend like everything's okay. Um, and so for all of us, uh, for me and for you, uh, I'd like to turn to God's Word to help remind us of the reason for why God has placed us here and called us to live out our lives in a broken and sinful world. So let's uh, open our Bibles to Psalm 96. I know we already read it, but we'll read it again. Psalm 96, and we'll be mostly focusing on the, on the first three verses. And just a little bit of context as we're turned there. In First uh, Chronicles 16, uh, we read that this is a psalm that David wrote when uh, the ark of the covenant was being brought into Jerusalem. So if you if you remember, he's like uh, he's celebrating, he's dancing around wildly and uh, jumping around, and his wife uh, Michael uh, despised him for it. And uh, so why was he why was he so happy? It was because God was finally coming to dwell among the Israelites in Jerusalem. And so as we read this psalm, let's read it with the same joy in our hearts that David had uh, when he wrote it. He says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. 
Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exalt and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So what an amazing song. <laughs> you can look at how it begins by, by calling us to sing to the Lord. He says it three times. Well, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all year. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. So David, he loved to worship the Lord through singing. Uh, beautiful melodies combined with beautiful words of praise come together to create songs that magnify the glory of the Lord. And uh, so here I want us to focus on how he says to sing to the Lord a new song. So why does David say a new song? Why doesn't he just say sing a song? So what's so special about a brand new song? Think about it. Uh, you might remember when you heard a great new song for the first time and it seemed so much better than when you heard it for the 500th time. Uh, it, because it helped you to think and see something differently than you ever had before. And so, in order to sing new songs to the Lord, uh, our hearts and our minds need to be focused on, on God and meditating on His excellencies. Uh, the only way we can sing new songs is if we're thinking about God's character, uh, who He is, what He's done for us, and then we can think of new ways to express how great he is. And, and this is something that defines the heart of a Christian. Uh, us as believers, we're so enamored by our God and by all that he is, all he does, that we can't help but burst forth in songs that flow from our hearts and, and through our lips. And, and so I'd ask us to examine our hearts and, and our lives are, are our minds filled with the concerns and the worries of the world? Or are they filled with the glories of God and always thinking of new ways to worship Him? And next, uh, David instructs us not to just keep these new songs to ourselves, but to proclaim them to the people all around us and, and even traveling to other nations to do so. He says, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. And in verse 10, he says, uh, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. And so our worship of God, our, our new songs that we sing to him, they're not meant to be for us alone, uh, but they're meant to be shared with the world. They're meant to be shared with our unbelieving neighbors, family, and friends. They're meant to be shared with strangers and even unto the ends of the earth. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. And then he says, tell of his salvation from day to day. So he, he tells us what we are to tell about and also when to tell about it. So what are we to tell about? 
salvation. And when do we tell about it? Day to day. So the Lord's salvation is what our hearts meditate on and think about and, and write new songs about. And then we share it with others. But let's stop and, and remember what is the Lord's salvation. So the word salvation means that someone is being rescued from danger, right? Uh, so in our case as Christians, the Lord's salvation means that the Lord is rescuing us from something. Uh, what is it? Why did Jesus come to die on a cross? Did he just come as a good example of humility and servanthood for us to follow? Is that the only reason why he came? No, what, is the, what does the Bible say? God's Word tells us that God is perfect in all of his ways. He is holy, 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 and without sin. God created us and blessed us with all good things, but instead of honoring him as our creator and our king, we have all rejected God, and in our pride and in our sinful passions and our desires, we, we choose to regard ourselves as rulers of our own lives. Uh, we, as descendants of Adam, follow in his footsteps of thinking that we know better than God. Uh, we want to live our lives exactly how we want to live and not according to how God wants us to live. And that's our general human condition. We are sinners who have rebelled against our creator and king. And therefore, we all deserve to be destroyed uh, because God is perfectly holy and just, he should condemn us all to hell forever. That's what a good judge would do. So where we live in Ecuador, there's a lot of talk about corruption. Uh, for example, if a, if a rich politician does something horrible, say he kills someone, and then he goes to the courtroom, uh, what would happen if the judge was corrupt? Yeah, he'd take a bribe. He'd set the guy loose. Even though he knew he was guilty, he'd turn him free in exchange for a kickback, right? Um, but God, God is not a corrupt judge. So we can't bribe him or try to convince him that we're actually good people. Uh, he condemns all evildoers. And so the problem for us is that we are all evildoers. Uh, we all deserve to be condemned and punished and pay for our sins for all eternity in hell. Uh, I deserve that, and you deserve that. And that's humanity's greatest problem, that we all deserve to suffer under the perfect wrath of God. And his judgment is coming. It is sure, uh, just like it says here in the psalm in verse 10. He will judge the peoples with equity. And then in verse 13, before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. But has God left us? Will we all suffer under his wrath as we deserve? Uh, in his great mercy and love, God has created a way for salvation. He has come to us. He has lived with us. And, of course, I'm talking about Jesus. Uh, Jesus came to live and die as a sacrifice. Jesus was the only person, he fully God and fully man, who lived a perfect, sinless life. And, and so only Christ could bear the sins of many and suffer under the intense wrath of God and still resurrect from the dead to rule 
as king and judge over the entire universe. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, uh, he took the sins of his people upon himself, and God the Father crushed him, as Isaiah 53 says. Uh, he poured out his anger and wrath on his son, who suffered and died as our substitute. And, and so now, for all of those who trust in Christ for his salvation, which he has provided freely, we can be justified in God's sight. Uh, in other words, we can receive the righteousness of God, uh, Christ's sinlessness, so that we can come before a holy God without spot or blemish. And, and not only are we declared righteous, and not only have all the debts been canceled, but God also calls us sons and daughters, and he gives us an inheritance with Jesus, an eternity in heaven where we will dwell with him without any more sin or suffering or pain or death. And that, that's the marvelous gospel, that the good news that God has saved us from his own wrath against our sin. He has provided a way to be clean in his sight. He has showered us with blessings and has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us as the first fruits of our inheritance. So this is the joy that, that fills our hearts and minds. This is the substance of the new songs that we sing to the Lord. And, and that's also why we don't worship idols. Like it says here in verse 5, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So we don't need worthless idols when we have Jesus, the great author and perfecter of our faith. This is, this is the Christ that we proclaim to the people. So this is why my family moved to Ecuador. This is why we go out to the towns and communities in our area to preach Christ because wouldn't it be wonderful to see fellow Schwar and Saraguro and Mestizo brothers and sisters receive Christ's salvation and be transformed by the gospel? Wouldn't it be great to hear new songs of praise to our God sounding forth from the mountains of southeastern Ecuador? to see churches established in the communities along the Nangaritsa River. So these are the things that motivate me to, to keep laboring and proclaiming the greatness of our God. So I got a question. Uh, where else in the Bible, outside of the Psalms, do we read about singing a new song? Revelation, you got it. So let's, uh, let's take a look at Revelation chapter 5. And uh, as we read, uh, keep an eye out for any similarities between this passage and what we already read in Psalm 96. So in Ecuador, when the preacher tells you to turn somewhere, you've got to say amen when you find it so that I know that you're ready. Amen, amen. amen. Two people found Revelation. <laughs> Revelation 5. Uh, let's, let's just read it all to get more of the context of what's going on here. It says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, 
the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Isn't this such a great chapter? So here we see Jesus, the slaughtered lamb, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming forward in triumph to take the scroll which no creature can open. Now only Jesus can open this scroll which will, which will bring about God's judgment on the earth. This is such a climactic part. What happens? What happens when he takes the scroll? Did you catch it? Every creature in heaven and on earth, all of them burst out in worship and song. So verse 8 says, When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then in verse 11, the angels respond. And in verse 13, every creature in heaven and on earth responds. And we read in verse 9 that they are singing a new song, a new song of worship to Jesus. So this is one that hasn't been sung before. It's brand new. And what's the song about? It says, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So the song is about Jesus' redemptive work, the salvation that he has provided, his sacrifice on the cross. And who, who has he redeemed? People from every tribe and language and people and nation. And so, do you see the similarities to David's new song in Psalm 96? There it says, sing to the Lord a new song. Here we got a new song. There it says, uh, tell of his salvation. Here in Revelation, we have a, a complete picture of God's salvation in Christ. 
There it says, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. So here in Revelation, we see how Christ has redeemed people for God from all the nations, all the peoples. So this is, this is the stuff that our new songs should be about. And, and in a sense, this is the ultimate new song. The, the mystery of God's salvation for all peoples from all nations has finally been revealed in Christ. So when David wrote Psalm 96, he didn't have a complete picture of Christ's salvation that, that we have today. We have the new and full picture. And, and yet David, he still danced around wildly in worship of our God. So how much more should we, as believers who know Christ, burst forth in worship of the slaughtered lamb? Uh, David, he was singing because God was coming to dwell among them in an ark. And we can sing because God has come to dwell in us, which is so much more significant. We know that Christ has redeemed people from among all the nations, and so how much more gladly we go and declare his glory among the nations, knowing that his elect will respond in faith. So these are, these are the things that I want us to turn to when we find ourselves in a spiritual rut. Uh, when, we, when we lose sight of our purpose in life, let's come to verses like these and see Jesus again in all of his glory. Amen. Uh, and then back in Psalm 96, David said in verse 2, tell of his salvation from day to day. So this is something that we do every day. Uh, while we're working with our coworkers, when we're going to the store to buy something, when we're walking down the street, when we're teaching our children, Let's, uh, let's sing new songs in our hearts and, and out loud to our neighbors. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let's live intentional lives for our God. Let's expend ourselves in service to our King's cause. Let's uh, make sure that all of our neighbors, wherever, wherever we may be, whether here in Detroit or in Nangaritza County in Ecuador, let's make sure that everyone hears about our Lord's marvelous salvation which he has provided to everyone who comes to him in faith and repentance. Let's proclaim to those around us the glories of the lamb who was slain, the, the mystery of God revealed that Christ has died to ransom people for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. So this really is the reason for which God has placed us here on this earth. This is the true purpose of of life, extending the worship of Christ among all peoples should be our motivation for living. Just as our missionary God has come to us to show us his glory and grace, we're called to follow him in that same task of, of going and declaring his greatness because the Lamb is worthy. So let's go forth and, and sing new songs about our King and Savior. Uh, declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all peoples. Let's pray.